0: This is Ashley Stone, and you're listening to the Comeback Podcast.
1: Hey, yeah, well, um, I'm Chandler. Chandler Barrett, obviously. I am from Baltimore originally. Uh, that's my city. I love it there. Um, I I live in Maryland right now. I am a legal assistant. I work at my uh, local courthouse, and. Um, Right now, I am um, well. I am hopefully getting married soon. Here, we're uh, me and my lovely girlfriend Elena, um, and just kind of, I just got my own place, and so right now, I'm just uh, you know working and and living life, you know. So
0: awesome. So how did you meet Elena?
1: Um, so it's interesting. I always kind of like to think. I, I kind of missed, I kind of God put her in my path so many times and I just missed her. So finally I went up, I had to go up to her where, um, so she, we met in my YSA branch. Um, and, um, I had just approached her and was like, Hey, like I'm Chandler. Um, and we really hit it off. And then I asked her out. Um, I actually, I'd gotten the job as a legal assistant a few months ago, back in July, and I had texted her and was like, hey, like we should like celebrate. And um, yeah, the rest is history. So
0: so let's hear, let's hear the story. I want to hear from the beginning, you know, what your background in the church and then, you know, what kind of led to your leaving and then coming back the whole, the whole thing. Let's hear it all.
1: Okay, Absolutely. Yeah. So let me think where to start. So I kind of, I guess it sort of starts before I was born with my parents. So my, my parents um, are both converts. they um, so so my my mom and my dad are like probably two of the strongest members that i I know. Um, he has, you know, again, like didn't grow up religious. My mom did, and then they met when they were in college um, and dated for two years, I think, and then they'd broken up. Um, and that in that time period, my mom, Joined the church, right? She joined the church in Florida and was married to a member who, you know, she ended up splitting from and getting divorced, and then moving up to Philadelphia. So her and my dad got back together, Um, and my my dad, you know, absolutely he loved my mom, but like my mom was like, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna get back with me, if we're gonna be together, i I would like you to join the church and at least speak with these missionaries, and. So my dad has been in elders quorum. He's been at the stake. He was like the, he's been in primary and young men's boy scouts when the church did that and everything. And I, I always think it's funny because he's had a lot of callings in his time. Uh, but when my mom told him, I want you to join the church, he laughed and was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, so it's just interesting like to see where that like went. But um, I think growing up, being african-american and being in the church is is kind of like i feel like even now has a weird kind of it it, a lot of people are like surprised to hear that like wait you're black and they're they're black mormons i've never really heard of that and like seeing people's reaction is always interesting but i think my mom you know um has a she has a great point of view on this that i actually inherited you know she you know to say i haven't had any face like any sort of like prejudice from any members in the church would be not true. Like, but that's not my fault. That's their prejudices, and not to mention, like again, like my mom always says, like, what I'm? Why should I let someone stand between me and God? And so she's like, I just kind of let things like that roll off my back, and I do the same thing. So, yeah, I I grew up in the church. Um, I kind of had a not necessarily exciting upbringing. Um, you know, got baptized when I was eight. Um, got the priesthood became a deacon when I was eleven. My older brother, um, did as well. I have two, so I have two brothers: my older brother and my younger brother. Um, my older brother Weston did the same thing. He's three older, three years older than me. My little brother Trey, he also ended up getting baptized, getting the getting the priesthood and everything. But both of them have since gone inactive. Um, and yeah, the the I think when my older brother kind of went inactive, was kind of where it it really kind of started. So my older brother was in high school and he was someone I really, really looked up to. And a lot of his friends who he had in young men's young women's kind of moved out all at the same time. And so he started kind of falling away from the church and just losing his testimony because he wasn't really connected to to our ward. Um, And he had started kind of acting out, started drinking and kind of partying and stuff like that and i i think tried to stay as close to the church like for my parents sake as i could but i think probably by about eighth grade i you know like when i came back to church and went through the repentance process with my bishop you know i kind of said well i always had a love for the church i always had a close relationship with church never really had any issues it was like at a certain point which i'll talk about later kind of in where i would left but like i said i think recently i've kind of looked back and like around eighth grade i kind of already had one foot out the door Um, which I think a lot of people do around that age. Um, yeah. And so when I was in eighth grade, I met this, uh, girl at, uh, church dance. Her name was Alexis. Um, and her and I really hit it off, but she wasn't actually Mormon. She was Catholic and she was just there with a friend of hers. Um, and we just stayed in contact through like my, like that summer and then my freshman year. And then, Um, you know, so my freshman year in high school, like, wasn't high school wasn't very fun for me. I I kind of, I was bullied a lot. Like my older brother was, he was, he was Mr. He was captain of the football team. Um, he literally, he was so popular. I remember freshman girls coming up to me and asking me to have him give them their autograph. Like he was that kind of guy. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but now it was always kind of frustrating because like I in high school couldn't run fast or throw a ball far. So he, you know, he was like the, they kind of used the, like I said, he was the go-to guy, played all sports. Um, and yeah, my little brother at this point in time, kind of, he was suffering from some health issues. So he kind of started to struggle as well, but all of us kind of around the same time started having our own separate issues. Cause we had gotten older, we're all three years apart. So, we all kind of hit the same benchmarks as far as inactivation at the same times in our lives. Right. So, um, so yeah, my, my freshman year, all of my friend, my main friend group at the time were all members, but again, like looking back, I don't think they were people maybe who I may, I should have associated with in general. I think for a few of them, their parents tried the best they could. And I even think they tried the best they could. And some of them have, come back, but, like, moved away. Others have, you know, completely, like, disowned and disavowed the church. But, um, yeah, the, I think things kind of went south my freshman year. Um, and, yeah, so, my freshman year, um, a friend of mine, um, uh, yeah, my best friend growing up, um, he Again, like, kind of wasn't a great friend. I think you kind of get, as you get older, I feel like you get perspective on a lot of stuff, right? And um, that was just one of those things where I'm like, man, like, you weren't really a great friend. And, um, But he had kind of, I guess, long story less long, he and I kind of fell out. And then at one point, like, he had called the police, and then I was arrested for the first time like in school, I was, I remember taking my SATs and everyone like got up and like left. And I was like, it's kind of weird. Like what's going on? And the police come in and they arrest me. And I found out later, um, he had accused me of something that just out of, out of kind of spite. And as I look back, you know, I think that my house growing up, my parents tried to keep the spirit at all times, right? They should have even like when we weren't members, right? Or even when, when me and my brothers were inactive. Um I ended up getting arrested and I was in juvie for a while and then I was in an inpatient hospital for a while. And that um during that time, the girl I met in eighth grade, Alexis, her and I were like kinda of, we we're in a relationship. At one point in time, like she got pregnant. And I I remember, like at the time, I had just turned fifteen, and I'm 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 like this boy. I'm small in high school. I was maybe a hundred and ten pounds my freshman year, and like I had no clue like what to do, and so I kind of kept it to myself. Um, and so when I had gotten arrested, uh, she had she had a miscarriage, and that was something that. I remember, like, not really, you know, because, like, I had actually, I had been in total, like, in an inpatient hospital and, like, back and forth between a juvenile facility and everything, and, like, I had no contact with the outside world, so I didn't know otherwise, right? And um, so she had a miscarriage, and then a few days later, um, I guess she had kind of hit a hit a really bad, like, I, I don't know to this day, kind of whether it was postpartum or, or what. But she had, had she'd gotten really, really depressed. She took her own life, and it was it was maybe it was it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me, right? And I I think at the time I kind of just pushed it down and kept moving, and um, so I had been in an inpatient hospital and like basically like not home for a month and a half at this point. And it was, it was terrible. And I hit a point where I just was like, um, I was like, all right, well, like God was wrong. Like, that's it. And like, that was like when a flip switched in me. Or I was like, like, I kind of wasn't at the time. I was like to say, like at the time, if everything I had like kind of been doing at that time had gotten out, I probably would have been a lot more trouble than I was. So I suppose that's kind of a small mercy. Um, but um yeah i just was like you know she was the kind of person to give you the clothes off her back like if you needed them and like that like there was just a moment where i was like no like everyone always says everything happens for a reason like everyone always says like you know god doesn't make any mistakes i'm like no he was wrong on this one and yeah so that's like i said kind of where i like fully like started to step away from the church more and more uh, i think like a lot of leaders in the church, no matter where you are, like tried their best. um I think they had there are a lot of people who were maybe misguided and had a different point of view on things. But I think all around, no matter what you know where things are now, like now, I think they really did try their best, you know. And and but we that being said, like my leaders also weren't really like super like as understanding and didn't show us as much Christ like Christ like love as I had felt they should have. Um, and, you know, I'm not, God, I'm not all-knowing, so I I can't speak to whether, um, like, at the time, like, they made the best move. Like, I think, looking back, there were definitely a few of them who probably made the best decisions they could for the youth, given all the information they had, right? Um, and, but my bishop was, he was very, like, kind of, like, stern and, um, you know, well, you break the law of chastity, like, you know, um then, you know, obviously, got go through the repentance process, and that's it. And like the repentance process is going to go like this. And you know, like he was very like, scolding and and um kind of cold. I had a my bishop, the bishop of my homeward now, um, he is the like the coolest guy like, ever. Um, but he um, he was the bishop I had gone through the repentance process with a few years ago, but everyone kind of just wasn't maybe. There was just a lot of struggles and i think it was hard for everybody in our state to handle so um yeah i had slowly started to back away from the church and then around that time as well i started drinking heavily right and self-medicating um and i was born so i was born in baltimore and so um something i guess uh about me is my parents are actually they're a mixed race couple and so i was adopted me and my older brother we were both adopted and then my little brother was born under the company he was born of my parents And for some reason in my brain, I went to, okay, well, I kind of had everything I cared about. I had a relationship I really cared about with someone I thought I was going to be with. I had friends. I had like a, uh, at least like uh, some sort of standing within the church and all that's gone. So what do I do now? Um, And for some reason, my mind went to, okay, well, I have to find my birth mother. I got to find where... I come from to know who I'm going to, who I am and who I'm going to become.
0: How, how old um, were you this time?
1: Uh, at this point, 15, right. I was, and it was, yeah, that was, that was a, a rough thing to go to at that point um, or to go through at that point. Sorry. And yeah, so I started hanging around in Baltimore and just like, I was there like nightly and I, so where I am in proximity to Baltimore, especially at night, maybe 45 minutes an hour right and so you know it's not it's not far so I could leave at midnight and like hang out there come back before anyone had known otherwise and so I snuck out a lot and was hanging it right down there and I had met um, a group of people who at the time they were just friends of mine but like later on like you know, it, it didn't for some reason click like that, like, oh these these this was a gang, right? And that's I feel like that's weird. And I also feel like um gang members and people who are in the inner city kind of get a bad stigma towards them, right? Because but like a lot of them are just trying their best, right? Like a lot of them just they're just doing what they they think is best for them. Um and whether it's misguided or not, like that's something that that's just kind of how they were raised. Um, So, so yeah, Um, when I was going through high school, like I wasn't, I went from like, you know, I, you know, ninth grade, I was like, fairly like good grade straight A's. Then like the second semester was like A's and B's. Sophomore year, I jumped to like C's and D's. And then by like, end of my sophomore year for the rest of high school, I was just, I just didn't care about high school. Like it was just, Something I wasn't—I was disinterested in. Um, I would I would show up to school drunk, like I I had a really really bad addiction. Also at this point, like my parents didn't know I was kind of I kind of cut them out again. Like growing up, I think it's just the, my parents had like I know that they love me. I know and I love my parents, but I think all of us had kind of a hit or miss relationship with each other. Um, as well at this point, my brother had kind of gone fully inactive. Right, he never. Uh, you know, and I've talked to him about this since. He never has, he doesn't have any ill will towards the church. Doesn't like, he's never, he he had always told me, he never had any bad experience. He just, he just like, church just wasn't for me. Like, like, that's it. I didn't feel like this is what I should be doing. So I didn't want to be here. And like, he's someone who, like, I've always respected because I'm like, that makes sense. Like, my parents would go to church. Um, This, the entire time from when I had, or from my older brother gone on active to when I had come back, and neither, again, neither one of them are active to this day. Um, like they still, they went to church every week. And like my mom had told me, she's like, I knew that you guys would come back. Like I did. I, she's like, she believes like all of us are coming back. You know, I haven't gone through the temple yet, so I can't speak to what she's saw. But at the time she had, she told me this, even when I was like 16, 17, at the time, I'm like, Psh, whatever. Like that's not true, and I came back and was like, "All right, like," so I guess all of us may be coming back probably. All right, like, oh, fair enough, right? When I had kind of gotten towards the end of high school, I kind of just, I kind of just like tapped out. And it's funny, I had an I had a teacher on my last day tell me she's never seen a student sleep so much in high school in school and still graduate. And like, I just, but I
0: was going to ask you if you actually graduated.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did, I finished high school. I finished high school online. I, it like, I, <laughs> high school was just, I mean, even now I feel like school is just maybe not the thing for me, but I do, I do on the other hand, like wish I had applied myself a little more, but like I said, like hindsight's kind of twenty twenty.
0: I can, I, but that I do. for sure.
1: Yeah. 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 And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, man, like, I, you know, I kind of, I would be a lot further than I was if I got my high school diploma or if I got my college degree and like, um, but yeah, I finished, I finished online school and then I had started working in a supermarket. I get upset at myself sometimes because the, the, I did so little during that time. And like, again, like I could have just been much more efficient and I wasn't. Um, so Yeah, um, but that was when I had also um, ended up joining a gang. And I think at the time, I kind of just, I had a strained relationship with my family. Um, I didn't really have a sense of, like, community or a sense of, like, God. And so I just needed a belonging. I needed somewhere to be. And that was kind of what I had the opportunity to do. And I had a friend who was in high school who introduced me to um, kind of that life, and he ended up being murdered. And so I, like, I had, like, kind of also felt it was, like, a duty and, like, an honor to him to do this, right? And it was not fun. Like, I think, let me think. By this point in time, like, I've been shot twice. Like, and I, I've i been shot twice. I've been stabbed four times. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not you've been through
0: a lot of trauma in your life
1: yeah 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 and that by you know I had been the first time I was shot it was I was at um a music studio in Baltimore and like just a a group of people come up and shot the studio up and then um but that that was just the time one of the times where it hit me I'd been in many situations where things went south and then guns came out and like At the time I remember thinking like this sucks, but like whatever, like I'll tough it out. Like I'm a real one. So like I don't, you know, like I can I can I can eat this, like it is what it is. And by like eighteen or nineteen, I had just come to terms with the fact that I was gonna die at twenty-one. Like I'm just like before I'm twenty one, like I'm gonna die. And it like again, like looking back, I had I had really like I don't know kind of where I got this sense from, but I do remember my my path i think back to like my path coming back to church kind of starts with like my my 21st birthday where my friend cory who had who had not uh she's not a member she's not even a huge fan of church but it's funny because we had a had a interesting conversation about god and so she was in a situation that you know it had could have ended up in a very bad way because one of our friends like had basically like set her up right to, to be robbed. And I remember like her telling me like, yeah, but like, you know, like it's not a big deal. Like I forgive them. And I'm like, huh? Like, what do you mean you forgive them? You gotta go out and get them. And she's like, why? Like, what is it, what good does that do for me? And I'm like, it, it'll give you a peace of mind. Like, and she's like, no, it won't like, that's not gonna help me in any way, and I like told her like, oh, man, I wish I had that in me. And she'd always tell me like, you do. You're just like you don't want to, like use it, but you have it in you. And so at this point in time as well, like I was going to therapy and I had started dealing with the loss that I had suffered when I was, you know, in high school and kind of everything I had gone through. He's like, you went through something traumatic and you made it out the other end, and the person you were with didn't. And like, it sucks, but like you, you have survivor's guilt. And I'm like, okay, well, like, what do I do with that? He's like, you work through it. And like I said, like around that time, I think my relationship with God kind of became to get like started getting closer. And in, it's interesting. So in Alma, the younger, he uh, it tells about how Alma was basically like struck down. Right. Cause he was so, he was just a really bad person. And, the same kind of thing happened to me in a weird way where I had been working with my therapist. I had been, I had had this friend in my life who was still trying to like, I almost like coach me through forgiveness. And, um, at that same time, I just got sick. And like, I didn't like, I would go to the doctor and I would go to the doctor. I had gone to Every specialist I'm going to talk to my therapist, my psychologist, everything. Psychiatrist, I've gone to neurologist, everything, right? And, like, they were all like, we don't know. Like, you're just sick. Like, it could be one said, like, oh, it's insomnia. other said, like, oh, try these meds. You know, I heard a bunch of different things from a bunch of different people. And, yeah, I had just, I had gotten, I had gotten sick. And I feel like it's always kind of. Interesting, because a lot of people these days, whether they're members of the church or they're Catholic or they're Jewish or whatever, feel like a lot of things that happened in the Bible can't happen now. And that happened in the past can't happen now. But I I can tell you that they do. And I had a, I, I kept having a, a dream over and over and over again of like seeing myself die. And it was like harrowing and I would wake up every day and be like this sucks like this is horrible I don't like I don't know what's going on I don't know what is happening why do I keep having this and I'm just trying to figure out a lot of things um and I think the best way I could describe it back then is my spirit was sick like and I I just I had been in a crossroads morally and I had kind of been at a point where um that I knew like things were either going to go all the way left or all the way right. So when I was 20, I was, I was shot for the second time and it was just a grace, but it still like, wasn't something that like, it was like one of those like final, like this is, this is getting to be too much for me. Then it shifted from that to like a few months later, I was stabbed. And then like a few, like a week after that, I was stabbed again. And yeah, yeah. And So I get like, at this point I'm inching like closer and closer to my 21st birthday. And I'm like, all right, like, when is it gonna happen? Like, you know, I think I'm gonna die. And like, I'm 24 now. So again, like, you know, I didn't end up dying, but I did just a series of my friends ended up dying. Like that, I think the final straw for me was two of my closest friends who I had had at the time is they had been killed hours apart. Mm
0: -hmm. And like,
1: I got this news and I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be in this life anymore. Like, all my friends are dying. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been jumped. Like, this sucks. And, like, I kind of told, you know, my bishop when we started going through the repentance process, I was tired of going out and being like, all right, got my phone, got my wallet, got my keys. Oh, no, like, where's my gun? Like, I didn't want to have to do that, you know? And, yeah, it was just, it was not a great point in my life. And, so the night that they died, I just had felt alone. And I'm just like, I don't have anybody anymore. Like, these were my people and I don't have them anymore. And so, yeah, I just, I go to my mom and I, I just was like, I'm really upset right now. And she's like, I think you should pray. And I'm like, what is that going to do? Like, it was just like, a, like, no, like, in my mind, I'm like, what do I need to pray for? I drink. Like, you know, like, I don't need to deal with this. Like, I'll just, and like, something had just kind of shifted in me where I was like, whatever, like I, it can't hurt. Right. And yeah, I had prayed and I'm like, God, haven't talked to you in a while, but like, I need some help here, man. I, you know, just need some sort of comfort. I really do need something to help me in my life. So this was January of 2020 at this point in time, probably the next day. And I walk out until like, I walk out of my room in the parents' house and, like, go start going towards my kitchen. And I hear this, like, voice from my living room. He's like, is that Chandler? I'm like, hey, Chandler. And I'm just like, uh, who is who is this? What missionary or whatever is this? Who's talking to me right now? And, like, had, like, gone over and, like, was like, hey, look, how's it going? Like, they're like, hey, like, we're really good to see you. We're glad to see you. Like, how's it going? Like, what you up to, what you up to these days? And I'm like oh, I'm, like, just doing whatever, like, kind of making small talk with them. And they had told me, like, kind of about, like, what was going on and, like, when, um, you know, kind of, like all the changes, they'd just been called to like, they had only been members of the bishopric for, like, a month or, like, around that kind of time. And they had just invited me to, like, Young Men's. And, like, Andrew later on, you know, we were talking about kind of, like, missionary work and everything. He's like, sometimes, like, you just gotta, like, let people be and then let them come back on their own he's like that's kind of what i did with you i'm like what do you mean he's like i kind of surprised that you like he's like i i came in and i was like come young men's and you were like sure like whatever and he's like that strategy works so you know it clearly worked with you so he invited me to young men's and i had gone for a few weeks just to kind of like be there and like help out when i came back to church I, i was called as young men's advisor they're just great like I, there's this one kid in young men, in young men's in my home ward. His name is Sam. He's gonna be president one day. Like, I swear, like, he is such a bright kid. And, like, he, so he, him and I had gone ministering one time. We did a lesson on the temple, and he had been sealed to his family kind of when he was a little younger. He was 13, I think, right now, and uh, 13 or 14. And he had been sealed to his family is nine or 10. So he kind of has a fresh memory. He was ministering to someone in YSA. And at a certain point in the lesson, he, like, Almost like you know, if we were missionaries, I, I feel like he would have grabbed my name tag and been like, "Give me this. I'm the senior companion now." Like he just took over the lesson, and the sisters were there because they were they were having dinner there, and they were just like, "Okay, like no, like by all means, Sam, like go ahead." And like they like afterwards, they were like, "He just did like a better lesson than we've had in like a few weeks. Like that was crazy." um but and then afterwards i was like i was like you're going on a mission right and he's like yeah yeah i plan on it i'm like yeah i can tell um but um no the um the youth were just they just kind of opened my eyes to things and like one night i, I texted my bishop and it was like how do i work on you know coming back to church and becoming an elder and he's like well you'd you have to become a priest first because when i left at 15 so i didn't get the chance to become a priest but he's like, but like, let's sit down and let's talk. And like, we had worked kind of slowly through their apprentice process, and it was it was a it took a while. Like it took a few months because there was a lot of stuff I had to get off. And there was times where, you know, I'm sure he I would tell him something and he had to contemplate like, what? Okay, so what do I do with this? Because he was he just been a bishop, and like, you know, this is now we're like now in the middle of the pandemic, and so he had to deal with other members and what they were going through. Um, and you know there were things I told him that I'm sure he had to like go to the state president, and be like Chandler told me this. Is this okay? Can we continue with the repentance process? And so it was a long, long. It, I probably was going through it for ten-ish months. Um, somewhere along the line, they called me to uh, be in young men's, and that was that was another like great experience because again, like I love young men and they're in my in my home They're fantastic. I fully like kind of started coming back to church. And that was just like, I just saw a change in my life. Like everything was just better. And I
0: question real like, quick. Yeah, yeah. During this time, did you feel any like cravings for drinking or like what was that like trying to like come back from like all this alcohol and partying? And you know, what were yeah. you, was that challenging or were you? Oh
1: oh 100 percent. yeah i so like i i'd gone through i tried addiction recovery like while i was kind of in because in high school i kind of tapped in and out because my parents would be like it'd be like well can you come to church and i'd be like can you give me like a 100 bucks or whatever they're like sure i'm fine then i'll come to church this week like stuff like that right but i hadn't really been into it but i'd gone into addiction recovery for probably two three weeks but didn't really stick and when I come back, I come back to church, I should have gone to like a local A group that wasn't associated with church. And I remember this guy who's in my A group, he's an older gentleman, his name's Bert. He just he told me at the time, because I'd quit cold turkey. So like I went from like literally like, the week prior to drinking a whole bunch to like not drinking at all. And it sucked. And like I had to shake for a really long time. And like I just like my body reacted in a way that like I was like, this is horrible. Right. And he had told me you know, in regards to cravings, he's like, how long have you been sober? And I'm like, about a year now. And he's like, yeah, you're probably going to get cravings for like like, three, like four, three, four years. And I'm like, what? Like, that's such a long time. And he's like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not, but it is, yeah. And I'm like, do they ever stop? He's like, no, just the bad ones do. And I'm like, okay, all right. It's super hard because I think when we think about you know, like repentance, something a lot of people don't think about as far as like stepping away from the churches, um, it's just like the consequences they can have for like, you know, like after, you know, you even come back. Um, one of like the most surreal conversations I had was with one of the youth in my ward. Um, she had come up to me and she, I remember her telling me, like, she kind of pulled me aside. and was like, Hey, Chandler, like, can I, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what's up? She sits there and she says, you know you went away. you kind of stepped away from the church. You know, I have my doubts. I feel weird about kind of things that are going on in this board right now. If I stepped away, like, what do you think? like what happened? And I told her first, I was like, I'm not the person to go to about this. I said, I, I I'm not, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. There's a reason I'm back. And then I told her, I said, also like I didn't like get special permission from the first presidency to just go on like vacation. like I, I left and I had to go through a whole bunch of process to come back at one point was planning on going on my mission um and there were some things that kind of came back up from my past that kind of prohibited me from going on my mission um which is another just one of those consequences right but um I think the surrealness of like my drinking kind of hit me when I was going through my physical um you know I told uh, the doctor at the time I was like yeah like, you know, I used to drink a whole lot he's like how a lot how how a lot is a lot and I'm like um you know he's like yeah had a liquid diet I'm like yeah basically and like you know, he runs some tests he I go back like a day or two later and he's like so um you know he's like so I have some news for you i'm like okay he's like you have acute liver damage and I'm like what huh yeah and I'm like I'm in the I'm in the prime of my life so I'm not expecting to hear like yeah you have liver damage and I'm like What? Like, what does that mean? And he tells me, like, I don't know 40-year-old you. I don't know 50-year-old you. But where a lot of people, when they have liver, like, problems to it they typically come up it's like, 70, 80 years old. Like, yours are going to, if there's any damage, if this doesn't heal itself, which it may over time, like, you're going to see your liver start to have serious, like, like, side effects, like, 30, 40 years old. And I'm like, that's in, like, 10 years. Like, that's so, like, just crazy to think about. Um, but, and that was just something that I, I ended up sharing with this, this girl and I was like, like, it's, it's hard. Like, I can't like, it, that's just something that that's an effect of that. So, you know, I told her like, if you're, if you want to leave, like you have all the free in the world to do what you want to do. Um, but like, take it from me, it's not all it's cut out to be out there. Like, I think a lot of people think, if I go back, if I go out, I can just kind of come back whenever. And I'm like, that's not at all how it works. And then it's also super hard to just go. It's not like you're like kind of going in and out of a pool. It's like really hard to go out and then, and then be like, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to come back to church now. I'm just kind of you know, go back to doing what I was doing. Um, because you're always going to have that like craving, like even now, in the past, like, few weeks, I've been going, like, back to dealing with, like, you know, there's been a, a lot of, like, it's just a busier time at work, and I've been dealing with, like, like having cravings for alcohol, and it it is, like, crippling, like, because, you know, I've heard a little bit about your story, and I know you did. You kind of have a history with, you know, drugs and alcohol, and I'm sure you know, like, it's it's so hard to just, like, quit an especially cold turkey. I, I applaud you for going through that, because, like, I couldn't at all like like quitting like in my own home was hard enough for me you know since I've come back to church I've just seen this like just a different point of view on on life and like I kind of had a a renewed like purpose right but like that's kind of not worth things. it's not like oh I came back to church and happily ever after it's still like I had to deal with a lot of a lot of stuff like had come back from my past life you know I had people come back and you know, there's this kind of like concept in, uh, um, and whatever you would call like street culture, or gang culture, of like, your flag, your gang, like that's your that's your those your people, is your ride or die. You're gonna ride, or you're gonna die for them, right? And I I remember telling my branch president, um, I was like, I kind of put down my my gang flags and I picked up a book of Mormon, and like that's kind of where things started, right? And but like, I've had people like come back, like one of the ways I had to, um, kind of get out of that life is I had you know you can't just leave a gang like you it's just like you can't just like come back to church you can't just leave a gang right and so I kind of had to like almost sell my soul and like really just give a piece of me up to be like just get me out like that's it like you get me out and we're straight like and that was a really hard thing for me to do but um since I've kind of come back I have also had a very interesting relationship with with Christ last year in the beginning of this year. I kind of went through a rough spot. And my little brother, he started doing some serious drugs. Um my older brother isn't in a bad spot, but he's kind of all over the place with relationships. And he he has his he has his issues and but he's he's doing good. Um yeah I just I was struggling kind of socially within the church I had noticed. And I had had some of my closest friends. So um we were all kind of became thick as these. And they were there for me kind of during a rough patch. I was planning on going on a mission. And there were just a lot of things up in the air. And I kind of got to a point where I'm like, all right, God, like, come on, man. Like, um, I was, I was th- at the time I thought I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to church, I'm paying tithing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like, come on, man. Like, what is going on? And it was interesting. Detox Christofferson in the last conference gave a really, really great talk. And this, I think it was spring of, yeah, spring of the, no, no, fall of last year, I believe. He had a talk, and one of the lines in there, I thought it was, I just, I thought it was hilarious. He says, um, Joseph of Egypt could have easily thought, so prison is what I get for keeping, trying to keep the law of chastity. And I just thought that was hilarious, because, like, yeah, like, that was kind of my point of view. And I'm like, wow, so, like, getting kind of stuck in limbo is what I get for trying to do what's right, huh? Um, But... I had had this point this year and ever since this, I kind of been had like this this like closeness with Christ. And I remember like I was kind of like stuck in this position where I wasn't sure what's going to happen on my mission. I had kind of started to have this feeling like I think my wife is around the corner here, but I'm not sure if that's just me like getting worried about my mission or whatever. Um, And I, like, was really, really upset and kind of, like, was waiting for God to come to me. But one day I just prayed and I was like, all right, God, like, here's the deal. Like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, like, just trust that you're going to, you know, like, make up the t- make up the slack when it's ready. And so I literally, like, was like, just go where I'm just going to go wherever you want me to go. But in order to do that, like, I need to pay tithing. I need to do, you know, and to make sure I'm going to the institute, going to church doing the things that I need to do because I should do them, not because I'm expecting anything in return. And just like when I prayed for help when I first come back to church, right as I did that, things like almost immediately turned around. You know, I had been like, God, like, first thing is I need a job. Because like, I was kind of working at a place, but it wasn't, wouldn't get a whole lot of hours. Like, it was hard for me to pay tithing. And then I was like, all right, first thing I need is a job applied for a job now I'm a legal assistant right i am like, okay next next thing i need i need to start being able to have my own independence I was able to get a car you know after that I'm like all right god like I need to figure out what the deal is here like where do you want me to go you know because i thought I was supposed to go on a mission I'm having kind of suspicions that life is maybe here but again like don't know if that's just me so maybe just you know like I guess just take me wherever you want you want me to go right and then My girlfriend Elena came into my life and that was just, it was all just like, I think it was too perfectly timed for it not to be of God, you know? Things haven't been perfect since then, but they've they've been infinitely better. And as I kind of get closer and closer to a point where I'm getting ready to go to the temple and getting ready to be sealed, and like, I just, I kind of have an opportunity that, like, I... I had kind of, I had given a talk a few months ago in my YSA branch and then shared my testimony in another, like, you know, when I was kind of like going from, I went to a different ward, went to visit a different YSA ward um, in my area. And I had like kind of just been thinking about the past and I'd run into someone who was a teacher who was telling me about other people I came to school with. And I, it didn't dawn on me till I kind of did some research and like by every metric, like I should be dead. Like, Every every metric, every case study out there says, like, people from my background, like, don't live past a certain age. So I kind of always tell people, like, if you need proof that God is real, like, look no further. Like, I've been shot two separate times. I've been stabbed three times, and I'm still breathing. Like, I, how else do you explain that other than there must be a God? And it always blows me away to think about the atonement because I just – I, I – there have just been a lot of dumb things I've done in my life, and I think everybody has. But the fact that Christ had such love for me to be like, Chandler's gonna do a lot of stupid stuff. Like he's gonna do a lot of stupid stuff, and it's really not gonna be great to see. But I love him so much that I'll take this if it means he can benefit from me atonement. Like I love Ashley so much that I'm gonna I recognize what she's gonna do, and I know it's not gonna be easy but I'm going to, like, I'm going to suffer this, the, um, it's just, it's really just amazing to see that, or, and amazing to think about, like, how much love just, it, it must have taken to do that, not just for me, but for you, and for my brothers, and for, like, everyone, and, and I just, I still to this day, like, every day I wake up, and I pray, and I'm like, God, like, I just, I wouldn't be here without the love that Christ had for everyone. And so I just, whenever I get the chance, I try to just be like, look, like, this is what life is all about. Like, just seizing the moment and realizing that, like, we're here, we're all here for a reason. And, like, that's it. Like, I, I've lost too many people in my life to, to realize, like, to not realize how short life can be. And so now I just, I try to do everything I can to like seize the moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, And a part of that for me is just making sure I'm thankful for the atonement and I'm thankful for um, just every blessing that I have, because I, I, like I said, I wouldn't be here without it, you know? So, um, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of my story.
0: I love that. That is so amazing. You have been through so much in your life and I, it's so interesting because something that I notice on in my own story and in all the podcasts is that when people decide that they're going to just like take one little step back to the church, it's like, there's so many little miracles that happen. Like the, the bishopric at your house, like the next day, like you said the prayer, you like, you acted in faith, like God, I don't know if you're listening. I don't know what's going to, like, I don't know what's going to come of this, but I'm going to pray. And then the next day, it's just all those little miracles that happen. And it's just so incredible to see how much your life has changed. And just, I don't know, like your story is so amazing. And I just appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast so much. So thank you. Of course.
1: Of course. Thank you just been, I, you know, I know I reached out to you and uh, I messaged you on Facebook and like, again, like kind of didn't expect a response. I saw you on Saints Unscripted who I, I watched them and I started listening to your podcast and I'm like, wow, like this is kind of like awesome. And so I was like, you know, like hearing different people's stories and just knowing that I'm like, when you're, especially like, when you first come back, you kind of have a stigma where you feel like you're alone, right? Cause you see all these people at church who, a lot of them, especially if you let your youth and you come back like you like see and you expect to have like everyone kind of giving you a side eye but like I just I have a lot of love for my homeward because I was welcomed back like with open arms yes. and like further yes. like, yeah to know that there are people who also like went through the same thing and were also welcome back it's just it was super it's super super inspiring to hear you know so.
0: yeah and I, I love that you bring that up about your homeward because I had a very similar experience like i when i went back like you that's what you expect is like are they judging me like are they do they like i was just on the county website with my mug shot like they all know (laughs) like
1: Yeah. yeah
0: you do expect a side eye but my experience was the complete opposite like yeah it was all love and and honestly like at that point it's like i was there because i needed a relationship with god to like repair my soul and if they were saying anything about me i honestly didn't even really care at that point
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i had my bishop one time tell me like you know when i first started going through the repentance process i had told him what if this happens or what if people judge me for this or like you know like what's gonna happen with you know you know again like a calling or i'm thinking about going on a mission and you know everything and and, you know one thing he had told me he's like so the thing with repentance process is like at some point in time i'm gonna have to loop in the state president like and then obviously like me and you go through it and he's like that's it like you don't have to tell your parents you don't have to tell anyone and i had told him well what i'm worried about is what other people think and, he, and he's like i will he's a like, channel you have my word i will do my best to shield you from that but just remember like they're not going through the repentance process they're not you it's just us here it's between you and i and like that having that a leader be like okay so like great like they're gonna talk and like it was just super super like it was really it was good for me you know
0: yeah, yeah I love that so much well your story is so incredible and thank you so much for reaching out to me I'm just of course. we all needed this so thank you so much of course of course Hey, guys. First off, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you to all of you that support the podcast. We wouldn't be able to get this message out without all of your help. So thank you so much. I've had a few questions come in from people that aren't on social media. So I just wanted to let you guys know that we do have a website. It's www.comebackpodcast.org. You can find all of our episodes here. Um, There's a list of our book club selections. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks again. We love you guys so much.